have to be your biggest fan. And when things are really tough and they're really rough and nothing's working, but there's something inside of you that says, I just have to. work show i am mike lake in the building by myself um just checking out my elbows to make sure that i wasn't ashy um but i appreciate y'all joining me here for episode four the title is manhood and i wanted to talk about this from the perspective of from red pill to simp so before i get into all of that uh over the course of this last week a few interesting things happened in the sense that I got some good feedback from a few of my friends, from a few people in the podcast space, from a few people in other media spaces, and even just people that I uh, know or have reached out to me uh, discussing what, what we talk about here on the show. It is an interesting, it's interesting to get feedback on the thing that you're creating And it's not that I'm creating it in the sense that like the conversations are conversations that we have as as men and as people that are are trying to achieve goals. So I'm not trying to take credit there, but just creating like a not necessarily a platform, but creating a community or discussion space for people to discuss these kinds of things. Because I I found and I told you this on on episode one, I found that I've been in these types of conversations in various formats in in and out of church and bars and in hangouts on guys nights that these types of discussions are being had but in 2023 it's dope like don't get me wrong it's dope to have your network it's good to have your people where you could sit down face to face and interface uh i said face a lot right there but basically sit down at the same table and interface with each other in a way that is real and tangible but in terms of reach the ability to reach more people it, nothing beats the internet and I think I'm gonna take this off this keeps clicking um, nothing beats the internet and when you check the analytics and you see stuff like somebody in another state or even another country watched your video through and throughout its entirety I, nothing really beats that feeling of oh wow like that's cool. I mean, it could be a bot or something, but I'm going to go on, on faith and, and hope that that was a real person and they got something from it. Uh, and that there's more like them that join in. Uh, I find myself in other spaces on Discord and, and other spaces where I'm conversing with people from different states and countries and even just having that ability to just sit down in my room or my office and, and talk to this person over here, give them advice or ask them questions. It's, it's pretty cool. And I just wanted to say that um yeah just, just getting good feedback it, it feels a little bit good um and i want to keep this thing going if you could do me a favor uh when you do watch this if you're not watching it live uh hit the like button and then share it to somebody who you believe might gain something from it who or who could offer something to the group and that somebody else can gain something from them uh, i also wanted to add that on top of the generic or i wouldn't say the generic the general commentary of people absorbing the information that you're putting out in the space very very specifically i had two separate convos i had one with with a homie who asked me why am i doing it live stream they didn't think that i should be doing it live stream uh the reason is because eventually what i hope is that this 
platform could be big enough for five to 10, 20, 100, whatever, whatever number uh, reasonable. Let's say modestly speaking, five to 10 people can come sit down, chop it up in the chat. Uh, we can bounce ideas and it won't just be me talking at a screen. It'd be more of an interface uh, of uh, more like I'd be a moderator to a larger conversation. Uh, so even though right now it's not a thousand people in here and it's not popping like that, I'm going to do what I need to do on the back end and market it to make sure that it gets to that level. Um, because it's not that it's necessarily for me, even though I gained something from it, it's more of the idea that uh, there's a lot of work to do. And maybe there's something I don't even know about. It's hard for people to find, like if you wanted to volunteer and you say, hey, I wanted to do something to help people out. Like, where do I go for that? Of course, you can Google it. But if there was a community of people say, hey, I got X project going on and I'm I'm a part of this thing and I wanted to see if anybody would help me out. It's kind of cool to do. I know my, my church definitely does it. And this shirt that I got on here is actually from the uh, serve program. Uh, I think next week or in the next two weeks, they're going to be doing like a week of serve projects uh, where they're encouraging everybody to get out and help people in the community in a tangible way. Like literally like building fences and, and, and cleaning up and folding clothes and serving food and that kind of stuff. Uh, but every second Saturday of the month, they do that. And Michelle and I have volunteered. Uh, but also just even specifically in the men's group that I'm a part of called Courageous, there are tons of projects where they say, hey, we need help doing whatever. And I, I was a part of one such project uh, a couple weeks back where we were helping renovate this uh, building for, for use for a, a, a nonprofit that helps out uh, trafficked women. So it, it, it's cool to be a part of like my church is that network. But also, I'm sure there are other networks that we can create and contact points where we can say uh, somebody like if a friend of yours is starting a business and they're like, hey, I want to reach out to the unfinished work community and ask for help with the work that they have unfinished. Uh, but anyway, moving on from that personal update or some personal updates. First of all, I started school again this week. Um, unrelated to nothing. I just wanted to finish my degree and actually I got some other plans that <laughs> I had to think about what I was saying. I had some other plans in the future that, that I actually want to kind of make a pivot on, uh, and it's going to require that completed education and another certification, so I'll be working on both of those things. Uh, on top of that, I started a crazy fitness workout program. I, I kind of teased it last week uh, indirectly just through a couple different conversations and, and contact points. Uh, this thing called 75 Hard popped up, and if I can, let's see if I can get up here. So... As you see here, this is mine. I started on Monday. I know it's Thursday. My today one is in progress. But uh, 75 Hard is this uh, fitness challenge that uh, I think his name is, uh, last name Frasillo. I think it's Anthony Frasillo created to challenge people to change their lifestyle, to change their mentality around their uh, making themselves better, which sounds a lot like what we got going on over here, um, but specific to fitness. And I promise you, by no means am I saying I, 75 days is crazy. 75 days straight of this. Um, I'm swiping on the uh, on the mouse like y'all can see it. But uh, as you see here, it's two 45-minute workouts this per day. Following a diet, a gallon of water, read 10 pages. And it literally said read, which I felt attacked because I'm an audible guy. Uh, no free plug for them, but I use Audible because I'm an auditory learner and I I have a job that 
requires me to keep my eyes upright. So reading 10 pages, it, it ain't hard to do. It's only 10. If you can read at, at above a middle school uh, level, but physically reading the pages does something different. I, I do admit that, that taking that time set apart to sit down and read just does something for my mind. just does something for my focus. Um, and I'm intermixing, explaining what's happening and me going through it, even though I'm only three days in. But anyway, back to the point, gallon of water, read 10 pages. Uh, one workout must, one of those two 45 minute workouts must be outdoors. Uh, take a progress pick every day and no alcohol or cheat meals. And, um, yeah, so, so far I'm, I'm three days in today is day four. I already got my, my one 45 minute workout outside in. And after I'm done here with this pod and eat and spend some time with my fiance, uh, I'm gonna hit the gym again. Like I did last night, which was an interesting feeling. I don't think I've been to the gym at night in a long time. Uh, but what this has done for me, and I was talking to one of my close homies, Donovan about this. It, I don't know if I could do the 75 just because not because I can't meet the challenge. Physically, it takes a toll. But the thing I like about this challenge is that there's no specifics to what that workout has to be. You can do like I found myself doing like the Nike app, the Nike training app where you might do some plyometric exercises. I've found myself walking just straight walking for 45 minutes. I think I did two miles earlier today just walking, something I wouldn't normally do after I get off work. It's challenged me to meet it. It's basically pressed me to meet the challenge. And and it's already changing some of my ideas around this thing. Just, I'm tapping my gut. So <laughs> if I want to get rid of it, I've always known that I had to change that. And I've talked to y'all these last four episodes or three episodes about doing the things that you need to do to make the change, holding yourself accountable and talking about different topics that people need to fo- focus on to turn that corner for themselves. Uh, and I, to- I told y'all straight out right. And I'll tell y'all again. I'll tell anybody who want to listen. If it ain't obvious by looking at me, fitness is probably one of those last points in my manhood count uh, tally sheet, bingo sheet that I need to conquer in order to be fully well-rounded by my own count. I'm not saying that you have to hit this. I'm saying when I listed off the things I wanted to improve, fitness was the fourth uh, that came after faith that came after uh, my relationship with my girl and that came after my business. Um, some of you might be saying, what about your kid? My kid was 18 when I started making this list. So he, not that I'm done being a parent, but I'm done being a parent to a child. He's 18 now. Uh, so my advice is even different to him. Anyway, um, so the four things I wanted to conquer fitness was the last one. This challenge is going to push me to meet it and push me in different spaces, um, such as no alcohol. I have drank some, I've been social drinking, but even this year I've cut back on my alcohol. Uh, I was going to say usage, but that sounds like a drug. I know alcohol is a drug, but my alcohol uh, drinking, let's just say my drinking. I cut back on my drinking this year. I've even gone at least a month. I think it was February. Yeah, I picked the shortest month um, to to just go dry just because I wanted to do it. That uh, for this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to meet the challenge. And here's the point of the 75 day challenge. Uh, 75 hard. If you miss a day, if you miss any one of those things on any given day, you start back over at number one. So it's kind of like a uh, AA program for fitness. It, it you know, it's three days sober. I'm three days sober. I don't have a chip, but my app up here. So I'm gonna take this off because they don't need no more free promotion. But 75 hard is what I'm doing. It ain't easy. I know that's in the name and it sounds cliche, but to go from not working out at all to twice a day has been 
interesting, and I'm gonna keep pushing. I'll keep y'all posted as we go. All right, so back to the topic. So manhood, red pill. You know what I didn't have is my phone. Red pill. From red pill to simp. Have you been on the internet at any given point over the last year, two years? You've heard these terms tossed around in, in many different ways. Uh, some see it as useful. Some see it as toxic. Uh, anything can be weaponized, and these two terms certainly have. But also, I'm sure there's a whole group of people that would uh, would imply that uh, or implore. They would implore that it actually helps. If it helps you change your way of thinking without going too far into the toxic side, I think it can be good to try to think outside of the whatever box it was you were raised in. Uh, or that you grew up in or that you put yourself in. Um, so red pill. Red pill is generally defined as men you know, from the matrix. You got a red pill, blue pill, um, Morpheus offer the truth, you know, open your eyes, the revealing truth. You take the red pill and it's generally a topic uh, geared towards men uh, to open your eyes to what's best for you and or for you as a man, basically. And you'll see bunch of different people and i'm not going to name names but just google it just discussing these different topics and I, in a lot of ways you'll you'll listen through for like your kevin Sa- i said i wasn't gonna name names and i'm gonna name them kevin samuels and um what's the old boy name the light-skinned dude the russian dude can't think of his name but he uh people like them any honestly somebody could clip this podcast and take a piece of what i said and make it sound crazy but sometimes you could find some uh you can find some value in the nonsense. A lot of it's for entertainment. A lot of it's for clickbait and and, and um, controversy and that kind of thing. But if you pick pick your nuanced points from it, you'll see that you don't want to be fully red pill and you don't want to be fully this other thing, which is a simp, um, because that's the opposite. If red pill is the toxic like aggro male, alpha male side or deemed as such, then simp would be the opposite. That's the guy that's looking to carry favor with the opposite gender by just kind of bending over, tail between his legs. Um, kind of guy to just add what he believes to be value to his play for, for any particular woman or any group of people that happen to usually be women. Um, i tell you the honest truth. My advice to my son or anybody young enough to care to listen, you don't want to be too extreme on either side. You kind of want to be, not kind of, you want to be in the middle because in the middle is actually where you have the best features of both, where you could be clear headed, uh, focus on what you're doing, reach out for your mission, being dedicated, disciplined and all those things like some of the teachings of Red Pill. But also you don't want to just be this toxic aggro jerk because you got to interact with people. I mean, at minimum, you have to do business with both genders at minimum. You have to be in a network of people. And to be honest, even the toxic, stereotypical toxic aggro male is annoying to other males. It's like you're going too hard. You're trying too hard. Uh, So anyway, just keep that in mind. Uh, The dichotomy between the red pill and scent terminologies, there's a lot of space in between there for you to find who you are. And I I believe it was last week. Last week was fear. Two weeks ago, we talked about identity. And what identity you subscribe to a lot of times has a has a role in what um, it has a role in, in the way you portray yourself. Um, 
and if you ever heard anybody say they was an alpha male, they immediately started acting like it. And it's just this weird thing where most men who deem themselves as a leader of most groups, they don't have to say, I'm the I'm him. Now it might be fun to say and do in sports and stuff, but within reason, you never see anybody you don't see a CEO walk into the building like announcing that he's the boss. He just be in the building. You don't see kings of countries eh, maybe that's a bad one because they they do a lot of gaudy stuff but you get the general point if you're him you don't have to say you're him other people will say you're him so keep that in mind um one part of the conversation i want to touch on was is it misogyny it can be it can be weaponized in that way and i know there's a lot of guys andrew tate that's his name i know there's a lot <laughs> that's random um i know there's a lot of people who subscribe to these movements who are disenfranchised from otherwise being dateable, if you will. This this all related to dating. Uh, these two terms specifically come into play when you're talking about dating. Um, I know there's men who can't, they don't have G, they don't got the looks, they can't get the girls, they don't have the money, they don't have the assets or whatever it is that, that people out here looking for from the male species, and they get disenfranchised. In fact, one of my friends, Claude, talked to me about or was it Claude or Don? One of them two brought up the idea of what they call MGTOW. It's an acronym for it's M-G-T-O-W, men going their own way. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that one. For me, nah, I need, like, when I say need, I like women. I like my woman. And I, I was raised by my father and my mother and I watched my grandmother and f grandfather raise their six children, et cetera, et cetera. You need both. You need a balance. You need for every time my dad tried to crack my head within reason uh, for something I deserved, my mom was there to give that other side. But my mom was no pushover either. The point being, men going their own way, I don't know. I don't suggest that. I don't, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do. I just don't suggest that you subscribe to such a thing because it is basically men, incels, involuntary celibate men volunteering to group up together. I don't know. I don't know where that goes. I, I would be interested in seeing what the point of the MGTOW movement is, what it looks like. and No, I know what it looks like. I know who's in it. And as soon as I said it, y'all pictured that dude. But not to shame them, maybe a little, uh, but not to totally shame them. What I mean is if you really was about that life and you really started living that life, what does that look like? Are you in a compound of only men building things? Like, are y'all being men and doing men? I don't know what, how, what the end goal of that is. Cause I know what I believe in, what, I, what my faith taught me is that we're put here to procreate and not, I know I've dumbed that down to way simplification, but the point of it is we are here to rule as co-heirs with our women and uh, spread and sp spread to be fruitful, basically. And to go your own way just feels like a recipe for, honestly, I, there's never been a scenario except within sports or something organized with rules. There's never been a scenario where I've been in a room full of men and been like, this is lovely. This is great. Pass on the MGTOW movement. But I've only brought them up because at least with the, the, the red pill movement and the scent movement, I know there's, there's those guys in them too, but a lot of, some, some of these guys can get dates. There's, there's red pill dudes who are those guys. They might be deemed F boys or whatever, but they, they get on, they get on the sites, they get dates, they sleep with women, whatever, whatever. And they still subscribe to the red pill movement. And a lot of guys are making good entertainment 
checking less than stellar women on some of these ideas. Um, Kevin Samuels had a whole movement based on it, and it was it was interesting. It was interesting to watch. It was it was good entertainment, but also he wasn't wrong on a lot of that stuff. <laughs> Jake said lumberjacks. Yeah, I, I, let's all get together and go our own way. Which, by the way, going your own way as a group feels like a what's that oxymoron? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what what the point. Unless y'all trying to build something or do something manly, man, that you need a bunch of men to do. I, I don't know. <laughs> I would be very interested. I might do some more research on that on the on the Midtown movement. Uh, but anyway, so from on the scale on the spectrum from red pill to simp. If we're using those extremes as the extreme left or right, uh, MGTOW guys kind of fit in the, I want to, it's almost like they're simps, but they they just unsubscribe from simpology. They just decided that they didn't want to have the attention of the other gender and that they would do it themselves. I don't know. I'm literally spitting in the dark on this one. I don't have any idea what MGTOW men hope to achieve with their thing. I don't know. Have fun with that. Um, so a, a part of this conversation kind of plays out when you start talking about gender roles and expectations. Uh, for me, I was always expected and I, and I want to talk like I am talking about manhood. If I didn't repeat that, that for me, what I was taught and shown by my father was that there are certain gender roles that are almost automatic that I never even questioned, such as like taking out the trash. Uh, but then there are others that might even be flipped on their head, such as my father was the one who cooked the most when they, when my parents were together. My grandma was the cook in that relationship. My father was the cook in, in, in theirs. It had nothing to do with nothing, but different time periods, different upbringing, different people. I don't, I'm the cook in my house. Um, I cook. I cook good. I, I throw those down in the kitchen. But... What are your expectations and how much do you have to adhere to them? I guess it kind of really just boils down to if you are in a relationship, that that's a conversation between you and your spouse, or at least some understanding of who does what should come down to, you know, what you do best. There's things that Michelle's way better than me at, and I'm going a, I'm to a let her do them because why would I want to do a subpar job at something she does really well? Like the budget, she handles our budget. I, she's a whiz with Excel. She she's crazy with the numbers. She's she does magical work with our budget. Of the two of us, if you know me, you know I'm not the budgeter. I'm probably the spender, and it probably gets on her nerves. I say probably, knowing we literally just had a convo about it. But the point of it is, we play to each other's strengths, and then we sure up each other's weaknesses, despite whatever the typical gender roles and expectations are I, I remember a few weeks ago or a few i mean this has been going on for a minute but on the internet there was this whole thing about boys getting the kitchen set i don't know if y'all saw that i don't know if y'all be on the internet like that but i do and <laughs> it was kind of funny it's it just funny like would you buy your male child a kitchen set i might i don't know when my son was that age it was 2005 and we were in a different headspace if i had a kid today and it was a boy and he wanted a kitchen set, I guess, if his mom wanted to get him a kitchen. No, I'm not. It, it'd be interesting to see. Um, it, it would just be interesting to see. It Of all the things, I never, you know, now that I think back on it, 
there was never a time like I did just kind of buy Mike stuff, but there was never a time where I was like, I'm buying this because him, him boy, him must play like boy. That never crossed my mind, and it probably subconsciously did, but ultimately he was attracted to the things that fit his particular gender. Um, <laughs> absolutely, Gordon Ramsay. Uh, yeah, he fit. He he just liked toys that shot things. He liked toys that looked mean and sharp teeth. And I'm not saying that if I had a girl and she wanted those things, I would prevent her from having them. I think the most part of the gender role discussion comes as it relates to kids when we are talking about young boys, because I think it's fair to say. I I remember even back in my child days that there were girls who were tomboys and they was totally wholly accepted it was never a problem or even looked at as weird girls was balling with us they was balling can you play basketball all right cool let's roll let's let's go can you run can can you jump over fences are you down to get dirty and scratched up if we doing it as a group then that's what we doing it will get really interesting if you put us in a situation where using a stereotypical female child gender role if there was like if one of those kids was like, hey, let's go have a tea party. And then all the boys was like circled up having tea party. I'm not I'm not not mature enough. I just don't have a kid. So I'm not invested enough to discuss it. Um, as y'all listen to this on playback, shoot, drop a comment and tell me, are you mature enough as a man to let your boy child play with a stereotypically girl set of toys? Uh, ain't even got to be as like far on the end of the spectrum as Barbie, but just something reasonably like a kitchen set. Uh, what was a kitchen set where you actually can like cook stuff? I forget what it's called, but gender roles get interesting when they clash. If for instance, my fiance picked up the trash and tried to take it out. I bark. Hey, whoa, whoa. Hey, what you doing? Put that down. When she, <laughs> when she messed around with my toolbox that time, and I say my toolbox is her toolbox, whatever. She's an engineer, but I use it. It's all my stuff in there. Uh, when she organized it in such a like what a girl would do to organize a toolbox kind of way, I remember my dad was laughing. He was cackling, laughing at me because I walked. I was on the phone with him asking him how to do something on my car at the time. And I, I was like, what? What? What was going on here? I was confused. And there's like nails and Tupperware. It was it was wild. Like, baby, if you watch this, that was wild. Don't do that. I like the mess. It makes me feel like a man, I guess. I, I Should I beat my chest here? But when you have gender roles, there's certain ones where if your spouse tried to cross them and y'all already established, like, that's my thing, it it gets interesting. Now, if I'm not here or something, she's fully capable of taking out the trash. She's fully capable of doing all these things, just like I'm fully capable of doing all the ones that stereotypically fit her, like the dishes and stuff like that. Um, that's how my mom raised me, too. That's how my dad raised me, too. That's how my grandma raised me. But for the people who have more extreme versions of this, like there's some guys and I've heard guys say this even not just in jest, but seriously, if a woman can't cook, she ain't for them. And cool. If that's you, I, I don't know. I never had an issue. I don't know. Most of the women I dated before Michelle could cook and not just before Michelle could cook, but like, were the cooks that wouldn't even be like a contest when you like imagine being married to a chef and telling them you finna cook a meal. Like, you don't go sit down. <laughs> what you doing? Get out of here. Uh, that's, that's kind of what I was getting at. at you know what? Let's, I'm going to, I'm going to throw to a video 
Let's see if I can get this up. So, I don't know if I'll be able to hear this. Let me see if I can put these on. Alright. Oh, there's an echo. I just have to power through. So, what I have here is from the Obama Foundation YouTube conversation with Steph Curry, Obama, President Obama, or former President Obama, and a group of kids. It's, a, it's their foundation town hall thing. So uh, the kid who asked the question basically asked about spaces for young men and men to be vulnerable and how does that play on their confidence. The gist of it was the kid asked, can he, is there space like uh, the program that they created, and I can't remember the name of it right now, but is there space for men to be able to sit down and talk and be vulnerable? And honestly, kind of some of the things that I talked about here on Unfinished Work Show, uh, and he essentially started off by saying that there are celebrities who may present as confident. Like in our culture, we look at um, these ideas of being rich and famous as the the benchmark for like that guy has it he must be confident and then he alluded to the fact that he knows a bunch of people who are rich and lack confidence that it shows to him in weird ways probably because he is too uh, but one of the doper points he went on to make at the end was that having an opportunity to be vulnerable and share some of the things that you're going through with other people who might understand it especially if there's mentors of you know, a part of that group or even just other men, it opens up a lot of avenues for people who are struggling with some some ideas or struggling with some situations to gain the confidence that the true confidence, that real confidence to say, I can see a problem. I can go through it. And even if it's tough, I can sit down with somebody, bounce some ideas and then gain some you know knowledge and and then go and start tackling that problem and gaining my confidence from it. So sorry, y'all couldn't hear the video. It's always something, but I like that layout. I was working on that earlier today. I got to do a little something about the uh, the backdrop, but that was rushed at the end because I was I was um, scrambling again. I'm always scrambling on Thursday. Something crazy always happened during the day at work. Um, so they they also went on later to talk about the unhealthy ideas and i think steph curry answered this one first the unhealthy ideas that present themselves within manhood that the the idea that you are a ladies man and that means something and that holds some kind of value uh i think it's so cringy because you could tell his age president obama was one of the coolest president we ever had and genuinely like black not even just black like american royalty uh by my count i don't care what your politics are Dude, smooth. But he's, it was super dad cringy when he talked about women twerking all over the place. It was bad. It was like, uh. but his point was basically that you don't have to have a bunch of women twerking on you to to give you status, that you don't need a bunch of gold chains and all the shoes in the world is never going to make up for what is actual healthy uh, interaction as a man, that you're place in the world the way you move through the world matters as it relates to true manhood that even these ideas i discussed earlier like red pill and simp don't have a place when you're talking to real men when you sit down with real men if you've ever been in the presence of a real man if you've ever been in my presence you 
you like we play and joke around and stuff, but for real, like when it really comes down to it, I get it, I get stuff done. And I never really I'm not gonna say never. In my younger days I probably subscribed to some of those ideas of chasing women and being a trying to be a ladies man or whatever I was able to do back in those days. Uh this is where Jake can keep me accountable because he was there. I'll get you the link in a sec, Jake. Um but that the I, these ideas are these ideas are made up basically you ever heard of the idea of silent majority or the loud the loud minority the loud minority in a lot of cases are the people who are doing the least of the thing but they speak the loudest about it they're they're in front of us they're out and about they're ranting and raving and bragging and doing all this stuff because they're puffing their chest and showing bravado to try to prove to us that they're doing the thing that they want us to know they're doing. And that that's not what's really real. And when I look back at my group, if I look at my friend group right now, my closest friends, I think it's 13 of us in that chat. And I'm pretty sure at least nine or 10 of them are married and I'm engaged. Um, I have to ver verify that math. But the point of it being that even for us, if you knew us back in the day, that we move differently too, but that's the thing about being a man as you mature. And we're not just talking about maturity from like puberty to high school, uh, puberty to the end of high school. We're talking late twenties, early thirties, pushing into your forties. When you start hitting your stride and getting your money right and, and cleaning up and maybe even turning gray and, tur and getting round like I am now that while physically I may be on the down slope everywhere else, I'm on the upslope. And that's because I have matured in those areas. My financial status at 20 versus my financial status now is night and day. And it's not even as simple as saying like, oh, but if, you know, for the people who went to college and started off at a good job, you even improve from where you started upward as you go forward because you get more skills, your network grows, your opportunities grow, and you put yourself in the right spaces because you're not wasting time on the nonsense. You're not out at the bar three, four, five times a week trying to chase skirts. You lock in, you tie down with, with a good lady. And that's the other part of it, too, that I found even since I've been in, not just engaged, but focused seriously on my relationship in a way that was moving towards marriage. Um, it feels different. Our conversations are different. Mine and hers uh, conversations aren't separate. It's what we doing. Where we going? What's the next? What's the next? months of this movement look like and as she comes over to join the ranks of, of being a lake and we discuss little like things like making little lakes these things matter and I didn't have that opportunity when I had my first kid and I, because I didn't plan my first kid um, because I was too young and dumb and mature and, and in love or whatever whatever was happening back then to look forward far enough to say how does this financially hurt me how does this put me in a in a in a um in a handicapped position to work from behind the eight ball by starting off before I went to college by starting off before I established a career by having a kid then it in those ways it hurt now it also grew me up a lot I, I don't want my son checks these out I don't want y'all to think he knows this but I don't want y'all to think that that means like, oh, he ruined my life. By all means, having him was one of the best things I did in terms of me raising a little me 
was that. But I'm talking about if you look at the finances, it's a kick in the balls at 19 before I literally had any real work experience. But even for me, starting where I started, if I started behind the eight ball and you started off with a four year degree, you're making more money than you were when you started. I'm making more money than I was when I started. And I also have the pleasure and the experience of having raised a child at this point. So when me and Michelle talk about doing it, it, it gets interesting because now I got that experience plus the maturity of all those areas in my life that needed to be improved. This is these conversations of what manhood is. It's the thought process that if you're lacking something, then you got to fix it. I told y'all a few weeks ago in terms of um, identity that when it really comes down to it as a man, what manhood is to me is this idea that really nobody's coming to save you. If the world ended tomorrow and nobody's showing up at my door like, hey, man, we just came to check to make sure Mike Lake is good. Nah, Mike Lake making moves i've gathered up my family and i'm I'm, i've retreated to my pre-planned apocalypse uh meetup location don't act like you don't have one i'm there meet me there if i gave it to you we'll carry on together if i didn't you ain't in the network (laughs) you you ain't in it um but no truthfully nobody coming to save you if if this wall behind me fell down right now and the front of my house was open like cleveland all off of family guy Ain't no, nobody cares. Do I have insurance? Do I have the ability to make the moves to get the thing fixed? It's not like, and I'm not saying people aren't good and they're not going to show up. I mean, I'm literally wearing a serve shirt. I've literally helped people myself um, who are in need. But what I mean is ultimately I know it's on me and it's on you. If you're hearing me, I tell me a time where you got bailed out. Because, just because like the, even if we were on a ship and the ship began to sink it's women and children they're literally telling you figure it out bro can you swim can you float or i don't know good luck but we saving these women and these kids and i agree with it i'm not, this isn't me saying don't do that this is me saying i realize that means that i gotta save myself and you should too now <laughs> I I did have a second video to play. I think I'll just try to summarize as best I can, and I'll throw the link in the comments. But this one was interesting to hear. I didn't know this because I am totally foreign to this way of dating. When I met Michelle, dating apps weren't a thing yet. Tinder wasn't out yet. That isn't to say other things like, um, what are those, the the ones, like the, the ones that got commercials? Excuse me. I forget what they call it, but those existed, but not in the format of an app that you could just download and use to meet people. Uh, So anyway, the video was from CNN and they were discussing where the boys are and they were talking about, it sounds super weird, but they were talking about how men are basically being left out that due to social, social media and dating, women have more ability to choose a certain group of men and that Let's say uh, they quoted stats. See, I wish I had the video. They actually quoted stats. I'm going to do my best to paraphrase. If 10% of the men were getting the women based off their looks and their means and their ability to provide, that that 10% has now shrank down to 1% because all of the women are choosing the same men within the dating apps. That's crazy. That 
I've heard people online quote stats like there are more men than women, and I'm sure there are. But for the men who don't even fall in the first 10 percent to then have that smashed down to the one percent of those men. It's got to be rough out here for y'all. It's it's rough. I literally never been on a dating app. I don't know if I got on one, would I get clicks or swipes or whatever happens on the dating apps? I don't know. But the ultimate point that he was making, and this where it should worry you, because ultimately I'm sure there's some married people in here. I'm sure there's some there's some people who ain't even serious or whatever. What maybe you on the dating apps and you get into dates. But where it should worry you is that he was alluding to this turning into an issue of safety that as men don't like he, he did it in such a way more sophisticated way. And I'll just dumb it down to this. Most men do the things that they do. Ultimately not to gain favor from women. Cause I simping most men do what they do to, to make a way for themselves in a way that also makes them uh, sought after by the opposite gender. And when you think about it, if you want to be wanted and you're in a position where you're not at some point, that's going to turn into to anger. It's going to turn into people lashing out, higher crime rates, things like the R word go up. Unfortunately, it, remember the wild, wild west. And I, I'm saying, remember, like y'all were there, but if you ever seen any real like depictions of the wild, wild west or even times before that, like they talk about like, uh, the Middle East and, and Africa, like in biblical times that these, the way the world was, was crazy. It was totally upside down and it was the strongest will survive and the strong men took what they wanted. And that ain't got nothing to do with equality or what women want or men are stronger. And if it really like there was a breakdown of society, it would be bad out here for most people, but it'd be worse for the fair gender that he was basically alluding to men no longer cooperating and participating in society because they aren't getting what they want. So they are not going to continue to do the things that are needed. Like picture when I say, when I heard this, I pictured like a dirty job, like that dude who was doing dirty jobs on discovery. Um, it's odd. I can't remember his name. Cause I think it's Mike, but the, the idea of there are jobs that I'm not, I, you, you see these hands? I can't do certain jobs. I don't know how to use a jackhammer. I ain't climbing up and building no bridge. And there are men out here who are doing those things who then would unsubscribe, basically. And this idea of what dating apps has turned the world into as they're become more, you know, as people grow up and more people turn 18 every day, they enter into this world of what about me? And as those numbers grow, maybe there will be more MGTOW dudes. Maybe those MGTOW dudes start to, dictate policy because they can outvote everybody else because the one, you know, 1% is getting the women and then however many of the other percents are already married or in relationships that the rest of those dudes get wild and they start doing stuff outside of the bounds of what we got set up here. So again, my bad apologies for the sound. I literally know what the problem is, but I don't have a time to fix it while also talking live. Um, so them's the breaks. Like I said, a couple weeks ago, I'll have it fixed by next week. And uh, so, yeah, that's that. As it relates to manhood, I think I'll sum it up with, I was talking to my father and we were just kind of comparing some notes and I want to make sure that I hit all the points. So as it relates to manhood, you don't necessarily want to be a simp or totally on the, on the, 
the spe- other end of the spectrum of you don't want to be a simp at all, but you also don't want to be on the other spectrum of of uh, red pill. What I see as being a man, what manhood is by my count, what I found from watching my dad and how he moved and other men, mentors that I was surrounded by, other uh, men in my network, other men that I encountered throughout my day-to-day life, that it, in order to show this or to, to see it and then live it and then teach it to, to our young sons, a man is focused. He's mission-oriented which sounds super military, but you know, your mission can be whatever your mission is. If it's to get a degree or get a certain job or take care of your family, mission oriented, that maturity plays a part. <laughs> that maturity, uh, texting me, but uh, maturity plays a part. Excuse my language, but he has a certain level of dick discipline. And if you don't know what that is, figure it out. Dick discipline matters, man. You can't be out here just slinging it everywhere and expect it not to blow up in your face. Um, or at least if you are out here slinging it, that you don't let it affect or afflict you in a negative way to get you off what you, off your mission. Um, but I would say now, today, 38-year-old me, 20, 20-year-old me would hear this and be like, what? But 38-year-old me is saying, come on, man. Stop wilding. Be selective. Stop sleeping with everybody. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> maturity and a man is there for his responsibilities. He's also willing to take the hit, which is an important part of it, too. You've seen a lot of soft made men that like to pass the buck and shift the blame and make excuses. You got to be willing to stand in front of whatever it is and take the hit. And I don't mean catching a bullet for just any old everybody what i'm saying is you put yourself out there you try to tame this planet and make it yours in some way and then if it don't work out you stand on your own too and say here's where i messed up here's where i'm accountable and here's how i'll fix it take the hit and i believe the last thing basically is to this is a radical idea be open to share your feelings but within reason i don't mean be out here out here crying every two seconds about any and all everything what i mean is if you need to go to therapy if you need to find a friend an accountability partner if you need to seek clergy if you need to reach out to the people who care about you and ask them when they sit down and have a conversation maybe they can give you some advice or sometimes even just speaking it out loud is enough for you to get it off your chest because there's two things and i, I don't have the time to go over them today there's two things that are afflicting men and manhood at, at, at its peak and its severity. It's one, it's emotional men. Emotional men mess everything up for everybody. They get mad about everything. They pop off. They shooting people over nothing. They, they can't do anything that they want to do because they're too busy being too mad or too this or too that. Just don't be overly emotional. Don't lean on your emotions. Emotions are fleeting. And then the other thing is male mental health, that ultimately the last point I made about sharing your feelings and finding therapy or talking to somebody in clergy or any of those things applies. It really comes down to you not trying to carry it all. I said, take the hit. I didn't say try to win the war by yourself, that when you try to carry it all and you try to internalize these things and some of it for some people is heavy. People really go through some real stuff and try to carry it all by themselves and end up trying to unalive themselves 
or succeeding at unaliving themselves because they didn't have or seek the opportunity to share with anybody else to get that up off your chest. I'm going to tell you to sit down, get down on your knees and pray. I'm going to tell you to talk to somebody with some training who knows what to do with that stuff and how to unpackage it properly. So it don't blow up in your head and have you out here doing crazy stuff to, to end, to end your situation. Um, if you, if you don't, if you don't do anything else, if you learn nothing else from this episode, manhood is about being centered. It's about being a rock that even in the title is kind of a, a trick statement to say, you know, from manhood or from red pill to simp, that being a center, being a rock, being, being a pillar to your family and community is the way to best implement manhood. That when you don't do these things, when you don't share your feelings, when you too far on either end of the spectrum, when you try to go your own way or do any of these crazy things, you end up either way off the beaten path, out here mad and trying to take the world, or you end up trying to end it, and and neither is helpful. There's too many resources. If you're watching this, you're watching it on the internet. There's literal apps that have it have things to do with therapy. There's companies your your job might offer it or whatever. But the key of it is, in in order to show true and proper manhood, you gotta be strong when you need to be strong and vulnerable when you need to be vulnerable. Centered. Manhood is being a rock. That's the show for today. Uh, actually, before I jump off here, let me read that question. Would it hurt my masculinity or ego if she didn't take your last name? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the question was asked, basically, I'm engaged, and he asked if she didn't take my last name. Would it hurt my masculinity slash ego? It wouldn't hurt my masculinity slash ego. I said that in jest. What it was, what I was very clear to her, and it wasn't like it was not a discussion. It, I was very clear to her what I wanted as it related to that. And she knows what it means to me. She knows what my last name carries as it relates to just like just knowing me. She knows what this thing means to me, how I hold it as a marker of pride. I know what I do as a late man, what my father, what my brother, what my uh, grandfather did that. I, I basically when we were having a conversation, I showed it to her in a way where it wasn't like, you know, throw your middle name away. Let's Kobe it into the trash can. It was more of a, here's what it means to me. And as we go forward, I have nothing else that I, I didn't demand it or anything, but I have nothing else that I'm asking of you as, um, as your mate, I'm going to serve you in every way and carry you through all the fire that what that means to me is that we share this thing, that our kids have this thing. And she understood that. And I'm, and we play with it. Like one, one of the times we were at, um, lunch or dinner with her family and it came up because it just came up and you know the jokes are the jokes but ultimately and I appreciate her for um, meeting me on that but to answer the question in true at its true base level it would be interesting to have gotten to this point and not have some level of conversation or ability to have sat down and say here's what this means to me because if you're a man and you get to that point where it's hurting your masculinity or your ego and you didn't discuss it I don't 
I'm not going to tell those guys who go through that what they had to do in their relationship, but ultimately, it would it, the conversation would have been interesting if she just told me no. I don't know how I would have responded to that. And in the words of Kanye, I guess we'll never have to. <laughs> but I appreciate the question. Uh, before I get out of here, I will keep y'all updated on the 75 Hard Challenge. And it's not a pass or fail for me. It's about changing my mentality around my fitness. I had that sit-down conversation with my doctor. I actually got to follow up with her next week. And I'm excited. Like, me and this lady just met. She We just started uh, two weeks ago. I'm excited to tell her some of the changes I've already made and see what she's going to do as it relates to my overall health um, in that regard. But I'm going to keep this challenge up. And even if I miss a day and I start back at day one, I'm going to get back on and keep pushing. Um, the other thing. If you're still here, you're still watching, I appreciate you. I appreciate all the good feedback. I wanted to give a special shout-out to Ken Apperson. My man sat down with me. He's a producer and a radio host, and he does a lot of music-related things out here in Tampa. Sat down with me. We had some good conversation about this thing. He cared enough to want to share his insight about unfinished work and how it could be improved, and he may or may not even come on as a producer. I don't know. He could be sitting in the room one day and, and helping me out here. For doing some of those things, like I was saying, where I couldn't figure out the sound and talk and keep, you know, being entertaining. But um, that's neither end of there. I could produce this whole thing by myself. I just can't troubleshoot while also producing this thing by myself. So salute to him for taking that time and really pouring into me. He's 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 I love that dude. He's genuine. He's helpful. He's always been a good guy ever since I first met him and salute to him. Um, I think y'all can find him at Ken Apperson if you care to check his music or anything he's doing. If you're into music, he can, he got connections. He, he's really networked out here. Uh, but anyway, salute to him. Think, thanks to all of y'all. Anybody who shot me a text or gave me feedback or told me it sucked or, or whatever you've done to help try to push this thing, understand that I want to build a community of men improving themselves and helping others to do the same. There's a lot more work to do. My creator's not done with me, not done with you either. Unfinished work.